From New York City, welcome to Mark to Markets. I'm your host, Mark Tenzener. On this podcast, we discuss topics near and far from personal finance. Any questions or comments, I can be reached at mark.tenzener at bernstein.com or call me directly at 212-969-6655. Well, as we know, no one wants to talk about bonds until they're in the headlines, and I would say that is true today. So to discuss the bond markets in depth with, with more of a focus on the municipal bond market, I'm joined today by Matt Norton. Matt is a senior portfolio manager here at Bernstein in our municipal bond department. Matt, thanks for joining. Absolutely. It's nice to be talking to you today. So um, I'm going to start with probably the most obvious question that I'm getting. Interest rates are going up. Now, I know you might contend that initial thesis, but interest rates are going up. Why would I own bonds? No, it's absolutely a very important question, and I think there's you know a couple things to unpack there, right? I think first it's you know how much are interest rates going up, and which interest rates are going up, and I think that's very important to unpack those because not all bonds act the same in rising rate environments, and not all interest rates move the same way when rates go up. So what is likely to happen? What is likely to happen is the Federal Reserve is likely to raise the federal funds rate starting in March. And they're likely to be fairly aggressive in terms of how much they're raising rates the rest of the year. You know, we think they're going to probably go 125 basis points, right? So that means hiking five times throughout the rest of the year. The important thing to note, though, is that the market has already priced in that the Fed is going to do that. So right? that's, that's not news to the market, right? We, we, we know that, right? We can see that in two-year treasury prices. That's, that's in the case. Absolutely, absolutely. So the market actually believes that the Fed's going to hike between six and seven times. So the market actually thinks it's going to be um, more aggressive than our internal forecast. But basically, the adjustment in the bond market over the last six weeks or so has been the market pricing in what the Fed is likely to do. And that's important to note because if the market's already priced it in, it's not going to be a surprise. And so you shouldn't expect big negative returns go forward if something that the market has already priced in to happen actually occurs. So when, so let's just, for, for some of our listeners who don't deal in the bond market every day, as interest rates go up, the price of bonds falls. That said, your contention is a lot of that price movement and interest rate movement happened already, let's call it January, early February. Fair? Exactly. That's exactly what's happened. Yes. So, so, so forward from here, it's not so much is the Fed going to do the five, six, seven hikes that the market's debating. It's will they surprise us in either the amount of rate hikes or the speed of those rate hikes? That would be something that could continue the price movement we saw in the first part of the year, right? So it's not the action of doing it, it's doing something different than we've already accepted to be true. Exactly, and the market is very aggressive in expecting how much they believe the Fed is going to raise rates. I mean, between six and seven times would be uh, a significant amount of rate hikes this year. And you know, we, we actually think it's gonna be below that. So, so why in that environment, would I just not own cash? And we can get into degrees of this in portfolio structure and technicals, and I'm gonna do that. But again, the simple question is, okay, so I get this, rates go up, um, price of my bonds falls, maybe that'll happen more, maybe it won't. Why not just be in cash until all this plays itself out over the next year? Yeah, there's a couple of reasons. So I think the first is that, you know, bonds, 
tend to outperform cash over any longer time horizon. And there's, a, there's a really important reasons behind that. So one is you're collecting your coupon, your yield on bonds, and that is something that goes through the passage of time, right? So right now you're earning a yield on a portfolio, which is more than cash, and that should be the case going forward as well. Also, another, another thing that's no, important is that uh, roll. So rolling down the yield curve. So the yield curve is upward sloping, which means that naturally through the passage of time, the yield on a bond goes down and the price goes up. So over time, bonds tend to heal themselves after negative months and negative quarters. And when you kind of look out into the future, um, it, we really do believe that it would take you know a really massive kind of increase in interest rates to produce any major negative uh, bond returns over any longer time horizon. And so one, over the long run, because the market's already priced in that rates are going up, you know, we believe that bonds are going to outperform cash. Um, the second reason is that, you know, what if everyone's wrong about all of this and that, you know, something happens with the economy, something geopolitical, um, the economy doesn't grow as fast as, as the Fed thinks and rates don't go up all that much or there's a big equity market correction, cash will earn what cash earns, which is- Which know, is nothing. Which is nothing, right. exactly, exactly. Bonds in that environment will actually be, do a lot better than their yield, right? And because when equities go down over longer time horizons, generally bonds tend to do quite well because they're a safe haven. And bonds would actually do a better job cushioning an equity, uh, you know, the equity side of a portfolio if there was a correction in the overall market. So we think they can do a better job over the long run. You're going to win relative to cash. And if there was some sort of correction in the equity market, um, also bonds do a better job cushioning you. So I, I, I want to touch on three things you brought up there briefly, but I think they're worth pointing out. Um, you said over longer periods of time, bonds outperform cash. Let, let's just go on the notion of intermediate term bonds, which for the vast majority of our clients is that sweet spot. When you say a longer period of time, you know, some people on the equity side call that 10 years. Um, some, some traders think that's a week, right? So, so what in your world is a, over a longer period of time, it, it's, it's highly statistically improbable that cash would do better than bonds. Yeah, so two, so two to three years. It's two to three years. Two to three years, absolutely, yep. And, and, and so let's expand upon that. If someone's time horizon is six months, 12 months, because in my world, they're buying a house or w whatever, right? I, I guess, I'm guessing you're gonna tell them, you shouldn't own bonds in any environment, right? It, the principle's not perfectly secure. So, so the vast majority of our clients who are owning bonds for the reasons you just talked about, two to three years, although it feels like a long period of time, is, is just a fraction of their investment period. Right? So, so you're talking, you're talking two to three years, it's statistically unlikely and historically unlikely that, that cash would outperform bonds. Um, you brought up the notion of yield. We should also mention in your space that the bond yields that are provided are tax-free and cash at the bank is fully taxable. But, but how, what are yields today? I mean, and, and people could think about coupon yield, yield to worst, but let's not get too complicated. What's a reasonable yield today in the bond market? Yeah, so so ranging depending on the type of intermediate portfolio, anywhere from you know one point six percent to two percent, something something in that neighborhood. So one six to two, which on a tax equivalent basis, you'd have to get you know I don't know three and a half four percent, depending on your tax rate. You're not getting that at the bank to be in the same place you are in the bond market. Exactly. Um, 
the, the other point you brought up is, I think, important. When the stock market traditionally sells off, doesn't always happen. Um, cash gets you what cash gets you, but bonds rally. Would it be fair to say, because interest rates have gone up, the, the bond portfolio today has more juice in it than it did four months ago to be an offset to, to stock market volatility? I, that would that would be completely fair. So in the municipal bond world today, yields are actually higher than they were prior to COVID uh, and, and many parts in the municipal bond market. So prior to COVID even happening, you know, at the end of 2019, uh, municipal bond yields are higher than they were um, today than they were back then. And, and so when you talk about prior to COVID, it makes me think about Creditworthiness. I'm not going to give up this notion of yield for a second, but when we talked about bonds with clients, or when clients talked, called us about the bond market in 2020, 2021, it was the economy is shutting down. There's going to be no tax receipts. Um, states are going to default. Cities are going to default. Bad, bad, bad. You're telling me now yields are higher than they were prior to COVID. That's not because of credit, I assume. That's because of interest rate environment. So could, could you talk to us a bit about the creditworthiness of municipalities, like, like how, how are governments doing? It, it's a very interesting time right now because, you know, we've come out of, uh, you know, a recession because of COVID and there are more bonds being upgraded than downgraded. And that was absolutely not the case at post-financial crisis. So for several years after the financial crisis in 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, more bonds were being downgraded than upgraded because you know states had a big revenue decline from the financial crisis. After COVID, that's not the case. More bonds are being upgraded than downgraded. And why is that? Well, really two main reasons. One, tax revenues did not fall the way that people anticipated. There was a lot of federal stimulus going on. Um, people still found ways to spend money, whether it was online spending or, or whatnot. And as a result, tax revenues for the fiscal year that included the worst part of COVID across the country, tax revenues were only down one half of 1%. Right? So tax revenues did not fall off a cliff like people anticipated. The second reason is that federal stimulus has been remarkably strong, remarkably strong uh, in, in terms of direct payments to state and local governments. There was over a trillion dollars in various stimulus packages that went to state and local governments. And so in many instances, you're coming out of, a, of, of an economic downturn where the state and local governments actually look in better shape than they did prior to the economic downturn. And that's why you know, this is pretty unprecedented in terms of municipal credit quality. It's remarkably strong right now. Remarkably strong. So in an environment where you feel good about municipal credit, um, if I heard you right, the forecast is five rate hikes or depending on how you get there, 125 basis points of increase. Um, how do you as a portfolio manager and your team, how do you deal with this environment today? What are you doing in the portfolio for, for this environment? Yes, so there are, a, there are a couple of things. One, I just I think it's important to point out that in rising rate environments, municipals tend to outperform other things, other fixed incomes uh, you know, sectors. And the reason for that is, is very simple. Let's say the 10-year treasury yield goes up you know, 1% right? We don't think it's going to go up another 1%, but let's just round numbers. Municipal investors don't care that the 10-year treasury goes up 1%. They care what the after-tax treasury yield does. And since 40 for 50% of that gets taxed away for municipal investors, municipal yields tend to only move half as much or 60% as much as treasury yields. So 
first the point is municipals inherently over full tightening cycles general outperform treasuries or other types of taxable bonds just because mathematically they're less interest rate sensitive. So that, that's one thing to point out. The, 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 there's actually things that we're doing in the portfolio to protect. You know, so one of them is you know, we've, we shortened the duration of our portfolios uh, coming into last year. So what that means is we have less interest rate risk than we historically have had coming into this rising rate environment over the last month or six, six weeks or so. Um, now that rates have risen, we're opportunistically taking advantage of the higher interest rates to go back to more neutral duration stance in portfolio. So taking advantage of a buying opportunity and going back to more neutral interest rate risk. So that's one thing you can do in a portfolio to protect. Additionally, there's certain types of bonds that tend to outperform in rising rate environments. And those tend to be the single A's, the triple B's, the mid-grade, even high yield bonds outperform in rising rate environments because why, why do rates rise? Because the economy is generally doing better. And when the economy does better, those lower rated bonds can get upgraded and outperform in a rising rate environment. So as a portfolio manager, really thinking about the interest rate risk of the portfolio, which we've been adjusting uh, as the market conditions have changed, and then also uh, buying types of bonds that generally do well in a rising rate environment like credit. And and the way you're managing at our firm is not to buy just as a number 20 bonds, let them roll off and mature and then take advantage of higher interest rates. You're, you're, you're being more tactical about it. I don't know if that's the right word. So, so how do you think about that versus just collect, mature, redeploy? The market can be quite volatile and moves around every single day, right? The financial markets in general, I'm not talking about bonds or equities, just financial markets in general are dynamic. Your portfolio should also be dynamic and, and adjust to the current conditions that we're in. And there's a lot of opportunities that are provided by, you know, at certain times, we, the yield curve is very steep, which means 10-year yields are a lot higher than two-year yields. You know, your portfolio shouldn't look the exact same in that environment as it would if the yield curve was very flat, meaning 10-year yields are very close to two-year yields. So what we're doing is we're adjusting the maturity structures of portfolios. We're adjusting the types of bonds we buy. Um, you know, a lot of times bonds will come cheap when they're newly issued. So we'll, we'll look to sell old bonds and buy new bonds that are cheap when they're just issued. There's a lot of different things that we can do in portfolios to protect against, you know, what we can see as some volatility sometimes. So you'll see purchases and sales in portfolios, not just maturities and, and purchases. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Um, are there any technical things in the market today, in, in the municipal market today, that are interesting, either supply demand dynamics in terms of bonds being uh, pulled out of the market because of option, you know, call options from that uh, or or more issuance because of municipal financing rates. Are there are there any technicals out there that you're thinking about? Institutional buyers crossing over and buying um, you need stuff like that that you find interesting as you build and 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 adjust a portfolio. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So there's a couple of things that have been going on. Um, you know, I think the first is that. Given the sell-off recently in the bond market, so the, the, the down price performance in the bond market, uh, different types of investors who had exited the market are starting to come back. So we're talking about you know, banks and insurance companies who have pay a lower tax bracket, uh, tax rate 
um, than individual investors. Uh, at, at current valuations, it makes sense to own some municipals in their portfolios. Again, they've been divesting over the last several years. So that's one thing when there's sell-offs in the market, it's always who's going to be that next marginal buyer. And in the muni market, we know because it's lower tax bracket entities. So if, if they sell off, you know, banks, insurance companies will come in. Um, I also think over the last several years, there's been less tax exempt issuance. And part of the reason for that is states and local governments are no longer allowed to buy, uh, to issue tax exempt debt to refinance old tax exempt debt. Um, called pre-refunding. Mm -hmm. And to do that, they have to now issue taxable bonds. Um, so we're seeing a surge in taxable municipal issuance. So that's actually pulled some money out of the tax-exempt uh, market um, into the taxable municipal market. And so that's caused less issuance. And, and that's, you know, that should remain the same, you know, throughout this year as well. And then another thing, which is you know pretty unique to the municipal bond market, um, you know, just in terms of you know major defaults, you know, so Puerto Rico, you know, years ago defaulted right on their debt. Um, that bankruptcy is now wrapping up, and as part of the package for that bankruptcy, um, a lot of entities are not just getting new bonds; they're also getting a big cash payment. Um, so a lot of mutual funds, municipal mutual funds, will be getting a lot of cash because of the Puerto Rico settlement. And we think that'll occur over the next two months. And so that is another major cash infusion into the municipal bond market that just doesn't happen very often. So that even though there's been some volatility with some outflows across the market, um, there's new buyers coming in and there's this technical wave of cash that's going to be coming from that Puerto Rico bankruptcy um, wrapping up. Two last questions for you. You touched on the high yield muni market. That is a place where yields are higher. So people looking for income, they, they're going to get more cash. Um, <laughs> simple English. How scary is that market today or is it not? So it's, it's not scary as long as you do your homework, right? So, so default rates um, historically for tax exempt, you know, municipal high yield are substantially lower than what you'd see in the corporate high yield market. So from a default perspective, significantly lower um, you know, muni high yield tends to be safer. And so as a result, you know, if you're doing your credit research, which of course, that's what we're doing, we're, we're going in and buying a bond, we're underwriting the credit quality. And when we're going through and looking at those, um, you know, we're finding a lot of bonds that are, are pretty attractively priced relative to the credit risk. And so in today's market where the economy does, is continuing to grow, um, we certainly believe that, you know, high yield munis are a reasonably attractive place to invest right now. Um, and, you know, when we're doing our credit underwriting, we're finding a lot of bonds that are, are reasonably attractive. Uh, last question, Matt, for, for clients who are sitting on cash and don't want to be in the equity market, they're not an alternative, they, they want to do better than they are in cash, given everything you've laid out for the future. Is, is it an interesting time to start to put cash to work? If so, should they do it all at once? Should they do it over time? How, how would you think about, do, do they wait it out for the year? How would you think about putting cash to work given all of the technicals and, and macro things you talked about? Yeah, so I, I certainly think that now is a, is a pretty attractive time to put money to work in the muni bond market. Um, so I'll give some historical context. You know, last month, so January, was a pretty negative month for the municipal bond market. So it was down, you know, two and a half to 3%. That doesn't happen very often. 
you know, historically, you know, 1990 to present, that only happens about 2% of the time, right? That, that, that doesn't happen very often. And if for investors who, you know, saw that as a buying opportunity historically, the market was up pretty strong in the, pre the following 12 months. So, you know, anywhere in the range of, you know, five to 7%. I'm not saying that the municipal bond market is going to be a five to 7% from where we're currently at. What I am saying is that, you know, given valuations, you know, given the fact that the market tends to revert pretty quickly in these short sell-offs, that we do think it's a pretty interesting buying opportunity. You know, in our own portfolios, we, you know, we're, we're going in and we're, we're finding really attractive deals and we're, ex you know, extending duration into the sell-off. And so, you know, I certainly see it as a pretty reasonable buying opportunity, and that's what we're doing in our own portfolios. We're, we're finding really cheap bonds and cheap deals out there right now. Matt, thank you for taking the time. It is an interesting inflection point or, or, or period of inflection in the muni market. So I appreciate you giving our listeners a bit of your time to tell us where you stand. Thanks again. Absolutely. To our listeners, feel free to email me at mark.penzner at bernstein.com or call me at 212-969-6655. For any questions or comments on this topic or any other related topics, make sure to like or review this podcast wherever you listen to it. Until next time.